0: Hello, welcome to the Art of Money Saving. My name is Joshua. Welcome to this Q&A session. I've had some very thought-provoking questions sent in on Facebook and Instagram. So let's look at the first question, which comes in from Andrew Cook in South Wales. Take it away, Cookie. What has been your wisest investment and your biggest personal expenditure regret? So my wisest investment. Well, this takes me back to when I was 26 years old. My wisest investment was beginning to invest in the stock market. I decided that I, my, my wealth was accumulating and it was sitting in cash mainly. I had a bit in premium bonds in the UK, which is kind of like a, a prize fund that pays out if you happen to, to win part of the, the prize draw. And where else did I had my money? In some ISAs as well, receiving very, very low interest rates. And I, I felt that something was a bit off. I felt like I should be making more of my money. Now, I had, like, no idea about stocks and shares. I had no idea about growing your wealth. I knew that you could make money through, through property. But I wasn't living in the UK at the time, and... Um, so I kind of I, I, I put a question out on Facebook and I started to ask if anyone knew about somewhere I could get some financial advice. And this was the, the biggest step for me that I, I kind of took the plunge and started asking someone's advice. And this was the first step really for me in understanding that there's, there's more to money than, than cash. There's this whole world of investing, growing your money, diversifying your portfolio, and this can kind of supercharge your your finances. And ever since that point, I've really been keen to look more into this, to research it, and to also tell others about investing as well, because I simply had no idea about it myself. So you also mentioned financial regrets, which I'm going to address in a moment. But one of the regrets that I have that's specifically related to investing is that I didn't start investing sooner than I did. I just keep thinking, why did I wait until I'm 26? I had the, the capacity and the willingness to be able to do that when I was 20. I had a bit of money in the bank. Why didn't I? Why didn't I do it earlier? Why didn't I start at 18? Why didn't I start at 19? And you kind of look at a compound interest calculator and do all the sums and you think, "Oh man, like the wealth would have grown so much had I done it back then." But I think it's it's easy to kind of look back in hindsight and to think, "Why didn't I do X, Y, and Z?" Well, the reality is that in, in real time, we don't tend to think like that. And one of the, the greatest examples is in recent times I've been speaking to some friends about investing and just kind of getting them to dip their, their toe in the water. One common response is when the markets are going well, which they have in the last couple of weeks considerably well because it's so volatile, they all come back with the same answer. Why didn't I put in more money? And the simple answer is that when you're investing the funds, you don't know what's going to happen in the market. So it's very easy to look back and to say, oh, I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done that. But the reality at the time is life is uncertain. You don't know what's going to happen with the portfolio. And one thing that I'm I think was a really great decision, was to begin investing and just to say, you know, you, you plant your flag in the ground and you say, now is the time. I'm beginning and whatever happens, regardless, I'm going to continue paying into my pension. I'm going to let this money grow for as long as possibly can. And in the meantime, I'm going to live below my means, not too frugally, enjoy life, enjoy the good things in life but make sure that i'm continually moving towards those long-term goals. So in terms of your question which was quite specific about which investment, the investment was diversified a huge amount. So the majority of the the money goes into North American funds and historically the US funds have been performing very very well and in a way you know looking back i wish more of the funds were were in the US, but it is important to have a fairly diversified portfolio, and particularly for for the long term. So it's spread over a huge number of companies. I was never really interested in looking at single stocks, but I've started dabbling a little bit in single stocks lately. I've got one in Tesla, Starbucks, some oil companies as well. I just wanted to dabble Particularly with the pandemic when the prices prices were, were plummeting. I thought I'd just try try my hand at a few single stocks, more more as a hobby than 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 anything else, I think. The biggest personal expenditure regret. Now, this is a question I've really had to mull over the last few days, and honestly, there wasn't something that really stood out to me because quite simply I I set myself Um, quite firm guidelines when it comes to buying spontaneous things and if I have a desire to buy something I try my best to really think is that something I really need and to to stop myself from buying it as soon as I as soon as I can so I got a few examples of things that were certainly not frugal purchases (laughs) and would would definitely fall out of this, this, this rule or these guidelines that I set myself, which is quite uh, funny when you're, when you're looking back. Generally speaking, these days, when I'm buying something, I like the idea of saving up for it and buying something that's fairly high quality. So if I'm going to buy, for example, I bought a watch for my 30th birthday, and I wanted it to be a nice watch because I think as you get older it's kind of nice when you speak to your your parents or people in your family and they say well when I was a boy I bought this when I was 16 years old and look it's lasted all of these years and I think it's a really kind of cool idea so I I wanted to buy a, a good a good quality watch and I I I spoke to a colleague that was kind of obsessed with watches, and he knew a lot about them. And I, I spent months, actually, probably about like two months, researching the type of watch that I wanted. And then I, I spent, you know, quite a ridiculous amount of money, really, for what I would consider, you know, I would never normally spend. I think it was six hundred pounds on a watch, which is a lot of money for a watch. Now I know there's watches that sell for far more than that you have to find the balance of I knew this is something that was gonna be special, um it was for special occasions and something I'm going to remember. And it's it's okay for me to say, well actually I'm gonna spend a bit of money on that, making sure that it's a good quality and that it's going to last. And sometimes though that kind of backfires and <laughs> I remember about two years ago buying a pair of brogue shoes completely spontaneously I just walked past the shop and I was like I want those shoes and they were quite flamboyant shoes and I liked to look at them and they were about 120 pounds which I just would not spend that money on a pair of shoes now and this goes to, this is like a testament actually to my own personal finance journey of actually how my Behaviour has developed over a couple of years, actually. So when when having a high income... I'm self-employed, so my income goes up and down. But when I do have more disposable income, I was much more susceptible to just kind of going, Oh, I can afford that. I just finished a, a nice contract and I've been paid. And I was like, oh, I, deserve, I deserve something like that. But the, the problem was is it was completely spontaneous and not really well thought through at all. And the worst thing is... That I got home and the shoes like completely rubbed. And they felt so horrible to wear. And I wore them once. I can't even sell them on Facebook market. Like I'm trying to sell them for like £35. For about six months on Facebook market. No one's bought them. (laughs) So (laughs) this is a very good example of a terrible purchase. And... I just, I have a few examples like that, actually. I remember sometimes I have to talk myself out of buying things that are just ridiculous. Like, I came up with this idea that I wanted, I wanted, I needed a humidifier. I am an opera singer. I need clean air. I need a humidifier. And then, of course, like, I look, what is the the best humidifier in the world? And there's this Dyson humidifier and you watch these youtube videos and they tell you about all of these particles that are in the air and how you desperately need this product to survive and not get ill and i mean this this humidifier was like 5 600 pounds i think like an obscene amount of money and i was genuinely considering getting it like genuinely and when time passes and you say to yourself this is it's going on the on the on the fridge, or it's going on the wall, or it's going in the notebook. If I feel this way in a couple of weeks' time, then I can reconsider. And I kind of did that. I mean, I didn't have a notebook, or I didn't put it on the fridge. I just kind of remember these things. But I reviewed it in a couple of weeks' time, and I was like, yeah, that's ridiculous. And I bought, one, I bought a humidifier off Amazon for about £30, or even less. And needless to say, I barely use it now. Which is terrible, isn't it? it's It's awful that you think that you're gonna spend like such a unreasonable, preposterous amount of money on these things, and then actually you don't end up using them, which is which is awful. But one of the things I do find myself doing more is if it is something like the watch, for example, I wanted new. I, I didn't want the possibility of buying a fake, and for for myself as well, I like the idea of it. You know, it's it's new, and it's it's to commemorate my 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 big thirtieth birthday. But there are some things now that I would just buy second hands, and I have no problem with that, just because the the price difference is is so considerable, and sometimes the quality. I mean, you can find stuff online that's you know brand new or used once, and it's like you know less than half the price or something so i find myself doing more of that as well as always it's important to say that none of this information constitutes as financial advice you should seek your own independent financial advice so our next question comes from the trendy trader on instagram all the way from australia man we're getting very international today she has a fantastic instagram account she can be found at at the underscore trendy, underscore trader. Photos about women and investing, stocks and shares, really fantastic, all whilst having children. I mean, it's amazing. And her question, which really got me thinking, I'm going to break it down into two parts. So the first part, it says, do you think time is better spent trying to increase your earning capacity or better spent trying to save? Now, saving is... A really fundamental part of growing your wealth and if you're spending all of your income then you're not really gonna get anywhere in the long term so learning how to live below your means is important for any potential investor and of course I encourage anyone to to say what they can and invest it into the market so long as you have good cash reserves but your your earning capacity, your income, is your biggest tool of building wealth. And I think if there's any possibility of you developing your income or increasing your income, that should be where you focus your your skills and your goals. And it's been quite a source of conflict for me at the moment because of the pandemic situation. So my career as an opera singer has been put on hold because all of the theatres have been closed down. So I found myself in a bit of an odd situation in that I'm not able to work under the circumstances which I normally do. But in the meantime, coming up with side hustles, business ideas, you know, having time to do this this podcast, for example, which is absolutely amazing. But I find myself sometimes thinking, are these things distracting me? Are these things getting away, in the way, of my my earning capacity for example should I be preparing roles should I be practicing my audition repertoire and the more that I think about it the more I think yes because that is where I'm trained those are where my skills are at and that is where I make the majority of my money and the side hustles are fantastic and they are a fun way of being creative and trying other things but they are not going to replace my my main income and i think also with 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 investing by by saving you you have to save a lot of money to get to the point where your your the compounding of your interest begins to outweigh your annual income now i'm at a point where if things start to grow in the way that I imagine they will, maybe about 7% a year. I'll get to a point where in 12 or 13 years, I believe, I will arrive at that point where my interest from my from my investments will begin to outweigh my, my income. But I can't kind of guarantee that. And the stock market, we, we don't know what it's going to do. And particularly with the pandemic, everything is very uncertain. So I'm not going to rely on that and I think that I need to focus on on income. And if I'm not able to do the things that I'm trained in, I need to think about getting some kind of income from an, from another form. The difficulty about that for me is that I don't... For example, I'm not able to go and apply, apply for another position that maybe requires a tra- training period and than a contract of one or two years because my my opera work starts again in the new season and I'm already contracted to do that. So I'm in a bit of a sticky situation in that basically I can only be do, do self-employed work or work that is maybe a fast food chain or something where you can essentially quit very quickly. So it's an odd time. And I, I, I would really focus on building your, your income, keeping your income consistent, because those, those are the things that are gonna allow you to build your wealth over, over time and save as much as you can. But yeah, I, I would say increase your earning capacity for sure. The next part of your question, you say, for example, if you own a business, is it better to spend money on outsourcing your household chores while you invest your time in the business. Now, simply put, I think it depends where you are in the business. If the business is generating an income, if it's something you've been doing for a few years, then I say go ahead and outsource the the household chores. Because if it's starting to turn over a profit and the household chores are holding you back from being able to spend time in the business then that's not a good thing. That said, if you're in the early days, I don't think that's the right thing to do because we all have the tendency, myself included, to throw a lot of effort and a lot of money and enthusiasm towards new ideas and new business ideas, which quite frankly are more likely to not succeed than to succeed so you have to find this, this sweet spot, basically, where you're in a position where you realize, okay, this, this business has the potential to work. I'm really positive about how it's going. And I think by outsourcing the, the household stuff, this is going to allow me more time to focus and to, to develop this idea much better. But if you're at a point where it's not really generating the income that you want and it's going to cost you more to outsource it, I would I would encourage you to keep keep pursuing and just spend as much time as you can. There's a fantastic YouTube channel called Money Unshackled. They're a UK-based finance channel, and they speak about this a lot about using your time as best as you can and getting up at six a.m. before you go to work to edit the video. And they've given me some some real insight actually into how they've made this. YouTube channel grow over a long long period and they've really worked hard at it and 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 have have done very well but I know for for you you have your your children your family you've got the business going on all of these kind of variable things it must be very challenging and the, and the temptation is to is to outsource I guess so'm I'm, I'm intrigued to know whether. That's, the outsourcing is your idea or your husband's idea. Who knows? <laughs> but also, maybe something to consider is outsourcing some of the work for the business rather than the household stuff. You never know. Like a, a website like Fiverr allows you to outsource these things much more cheaply, perhaps, than some of the household stuff. I mean, there's plenty of people online that will do this work I don't know what work it is, but a lot of online work can be done very, very reasonably. So maybe flip it on its head and think about it in that way as well. So we've reached the end of the podcast, guys. Sorry about that. But thank you to The Trendy Trader all the way from Australia, and Mr Andrew Cook from South Wales for sending in their questions. Keep a keen eye out for future episodes. And until then, take it easy. Bye now.